So, dear brothers and sisters, it's great to be gathered here on this uh, retreat day for our community, uh, being led so beautifully by our sisters. Great to have you all here. Um, Our reading, we've just heard it recently, we just heard it on Sunday. So from the prophet Isaiah, which begins with the beautiful words, Console my people, console them, says the Lord. I had this experience before where I met a person who was involved in marketing. I was taking a flight to... Uh, Slovakia, so we, were, we flew into Vienna, and I was sitting beside a lady who works in marketing. So we got talking about the whole marketing sphere. I, I like to, I'm, I'm one of those annoying people on a plane who, when I, someone sits beside me, hi, how are you doing? Where are you from? What are you doing? And uh, so we got talking about, about the whole marketing thing, which I, I find it, it is interesting. Marketing, the whole area of marketing is very interesting. In a way, it's something that we should be kind of familiar with because evangelization and marketing, I know it's, it sounds a bit profane, but it is, it's, it, it, they have a lot in common in that we have a treasure that we're trying to present to people in a way that's, that's attractive. You know, we have something beautiful that we want other people to see the beauty of. So uh, we got talking about marketing and, and the question, I'd, I'd never thought of it before, but I asked her, I said, if you had to market the Catholic Church, what would you market? How, how would you market it? What would you, what would you propose? You know, how do you do this? And she said, well, uh, every product that you sell has to have a unique selling point, a USP, it's called. So why be Catholic as opposed to any other world religion? Why buy, buy Toyota as opposed to any other car? Why buy Mercedes? Why buy Renault? If we don't have a particular thing, uh, an, an aspect of that product that's in some way beneficial as opposed to others, then why would you buy that product? Right? You buy Toyotas because they're reliable, you buy Mercedes because they're luxurious, you buy Renaults because they're cheaper, you buy, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some aspect, there's some reason that you buy that car, as opposed, you buy certain cars because they just look good, you know they're rubbish, but they look great, you know, but there's some reason that you'd buy that car as opposed to another. Okay, so when it comes to our faith, why, if we're not clear as, as, as regards the aspects of our faith that make that more attractive than another faith, then why would you be Catholic? And when she asked that question, I remember being dumbfounded by the fact that for the last 30-ish years, maybe more, we've been, and there's no pun intended at all, but hell-bent on telling people that it's just enough to have a faith, it's just enough to be spiritual, that there's nothing specifically attractive about being Catholic at all. Just be a good person and be, be spiritual. Have a spirituality, and that's fine. And even you, you see like people applauding greatly, superstars, who get, when they get their Oscar, they mention their manager and their husband, their wife, and, and God. And, and we go, wow, they mentioned God. And don't get me wrong, it's not a, not a bad thing, but it's not particularly amazing either. Do you know, God, it's fairly broad-like. I mean, what do you mean specifically? You know, so... What is specific to our faith that, that makes it attractive, that we should be proposing to others? When you think of all of our various nations, if I were to say, what do you like about being French? And you were to say, well, our, in, in our French laws, our French laws are very good. We give tax breaks and our, our you know, whatever the, 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 the uh, income tax is. And, you know, and you, you, you were to talk to me about all of the, the various French rules that, that are attractive to you. I'd be thinking, wow, 
don't think I want to go to France anytime soon, you know? If I were to say, you know, what do you like about being American? Oh, yeah, our gun laws are really, you know, lax. So anybody can buy a gun. So you can go to Walmart, you can buy your beans, you can buy your jeans, and you can buy a shotgun in the same shop on the same day. I think that, that's, that's an interesting way to sell your country. Uh-huh. If, what do you like about being Irish? Oh, yes, again, our, our, you know, we have uh, tax breaks for multinational companies that work up in Dublin, like Google and so on and so forth. You'd be thinking that's it's kind of a it's not a very attractive way to we don't sell our countries based on their laws. I mean, it's not a very even the same works for any sport. You know, um, you know what do you like about hurling? Well, the rules of hurling are. It's really boring. What do you like about cricket? Oh my goodness, the complicated. Well, it takes each test. We don't call them a game. It's called a test. It can last up to a week. And you go into the rules of cricket. I mean, how boring, right? If you sell anything according to its rules, you've kind of missed the point. So we shouldn't be trying to sell our faith based on its rules either. Because it's not very attractive. Do you need the rules? Of course you need rules. You know, of course you need speed limits. Of course you need rules to govern taxation and so on and so forth. But you're not going to sell your, your, your country based on its laws. We don't sell our faith based on its laws. If you're to ask a French person, what do you like about France? They go, oh my goodness, the food. Oh, right? And they could talk forever about le baguette. Right, and just the, the, the smell, the frais in the morning, the, the uh, what are they call boulangerie, chacoterie, boulangerie. And you know, you walk through the village, and as you walk along the village, you get this aroma of the fresh bread, and you go in and you get into the spongy, and you buy it and you put in the cheese, and the, you know, now I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually, I can even, I'm beginning to taste it myself, you know, and you, 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 you share in their passion. You begin to, you know, then in the evening a little wine, and, and you begin to kind of get the, the, a sense of this, of, this, of this attraction, of this joy, of this kind of passion that they have for their country. You talk to Americans and they talk about the fact that you can go in the same country, you can go skiing and you can go to the beach and you can go mountain climbing and there's a desert and everything all in the one country. You know, just depending on where you go. Who needs an American passport? If, if you're an American, who needs a passport? You can just do all of this within the one country. You know, it's, it's amazing. I've got lakes and volcanoes and it's like fascinating. And then, you know, you begin to, again, share the kind of the joy of the, the passion of being an American. Same with Ireland. You know, we've got water and water and we've got lots of water. We've got more water and we've got lakes and rivers and more water. We're surrounded by water. We love all forms of water. Okay. And, uh, and so you, 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 we sell, I mean, pardon, the, again, the profanity of, of, of when I say sell our faith. We're not supposed to sell, but you, you just for... For, for today, let's 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 just run with it. Um, so when you know we, we sell our various countries based on this this kind of passion that we have for them. So when it comes to, to our, our our faith, we're never going to win anybody back into the church based on our rules. This is something that even Jesus had a problem with. You know, the Jews who get so stuck on the rules that they forgot the heart of the faith. You know, so stuck on the fact that we have to observe the Sabbath day, no working, it means if someone is sick, you can't help them. You cannot heal someone on the Sabbath. And Jesus confronts them over this particular issue and says, what are ye thinking? <laughs> Would you not untether your donkey to give them a drink on Sunday? And yet this, this, 
daughter, this, this person who has been ill for so long, could not be healed on the Sabbath. You've missed the point. Console my people, console them, says your God. If we're to market our faith, we need to do so in terms of consolation, in terms of healing, in terms of freedom. That Jesus comes to set us free. Comes to, like even the name, the paraclete, the consoler. You know, one of the, uh, one of, of the names of the, well, the people of the Trinity is consoler. Consoler. Not lawgiver. Not punisher. Not policeman, but consoler. Consoler. Who doesn't need consolation? If we offer, if we present our faith in terms of consolation, healing, peace, joy, the fulfillment of our every desire, and the fulfillment, especially of that part of our heart that no human affection or, or meal or wealth or anything else can ever fill because it's reserved for God alone, if we present our faith in terms of that, now it starts to make sense. Yes, we have something unique. Yes, we have something that no other faith has. God reveals himself to us this way. It's not our invention. God reveals himself to us as the consoler, as the healer, as savior. This isn't our opinion of him. This is what he says about himself. And so we can be very, very confident about it. So when we think of, of, of Our Lady of Guadalupe today, it's, it's such a lovely a familiar relationship that, that Juan Diego has with Our Lady. So he's walking over the hill of Tepeyac and he meets Our Lady and La, La Virgen, the Virgin, this beautiful lady. And she speaks to him about the fact that she wants uh, a church built here that people could come and visit and that he should go to the bishop and tell him her request. Now you could imagine this poor Aztec man, a convert to Christianity, who is, again, it's so typically divine, who receives such an important message from Our Lady. But who's he to go talk to the bishop? This is on the 9th of, of December, 1531. So he obeys, and Juan goes to the bishop's house. And you can imagine... Him knocking on the door going, this is going to sound ridiculous. I've just had a vision and you should build a church. How do you phrase that? How do you say that in a way that's going to come across as credible? And like, again, you know, you're not exactly dressed to meet a bishop, so you don't look credible. So he knocks on the door, he speaks to the bishop and he says, yes, I had a, met our lady. And she said we should build a church up there. And he said, why would we build a church way out in the middle of nowhere and not in the city? when we already actually have a church here. Why would we need a second one? It's very... Good question. It's a very practical question. And so Juan leaves a bit dejected and he goes back to Our Lady. He meets her again and says she needs proof. He needs proof. The bishop will need proof. So on the 12th today, uh, he met Our Lady, has this a wonderful encounter with her. And she indicates to him that he should pick roses. Again, not, not the season for roses, but... He says, okay, if you say so. So he goes, and voila, there they are. So he picks up roses in his tilma. And so he collects them all here in his tilma, and he walks to the bishop, to the bishop's house. And he says, you asked for proof, so I 
present to you proof that Our Lady herself gave. And he drops his tilma, and kind of like this, but just a little different. Um, there is uh, an image imprinted onto his tilma. Now, there, there's all sorts of incredible things about this. Uh, they investigated the tilma, <coughs> which was made from a, uh, a kind of a material which would, would degrade very, very quickly. It's kind of cactus fibre. So it's like, it's a vegetable. <laughs> it's made from, veg- from like this organic material, which shouldn't last. I mean, that's 1531. That's, there's no way it should last over 30 years, never mind five centuries. But then also, when they investigated the, the, the image on the tilma, the pigment, the paint, isn't in the material. It's on the material. It's kind of over the material. It's not soaked into it. So it, it's there, but it's not there. It's like it's like it, it's 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 supernatural. It's, it's not like you know if you get a paintbrush and you paint the material, paint soaks in. Voila, you've got your image on on, on the paint. But this is it's it's over it as opposed to having soaked into it. It's also not a, a, a pigment, a, a paint source that we know. It's not acrylic, it's not water-based, it's... We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what it is. But it's, you can clearly see it. It's there. Like it's, it's, but we don't know what it is. 21st century, we still don't know. Uh, they also they, they zoomed in on, on many different parts of the picture. In the eyes of, of Our Lady Guadalupe, you can see like a photo of when the tilma was dropped. You can see the bishop, his secretary, and I think there was another person there as well. But you can see them, in, in, it's, it's microscopic, but in the eye of Our Lady in, in the tilma, you can see this, like a, like a, a photo of what she saw in, in, in that moment. Uh, it, it's quite incredible, quite incredible. Also, the cinema itself was exposed to a bomb blast, and uh, there was a, a glass in front of it, there was a, a brass cross beside the image, and the cross is completely bent out of shape because of the explosion. But the tilma, again, made effectively from vegetables, um, is still intact. I mean, there's miracle actors, uh, the whole series of, of miraculous events regarding the Tilma. But that's not what I wanted to focus on today. Uh, when Our Lady spoke to Juan Diego, all those miraculous things are always, they're always signs of something greater. Signs point to something else. Signs aren't, I mean, they're fascinating in and of themselves, but they point to the veracity, the truth of the message of, of Our Lady, what she wanted. And on. Juan, when speaking to Our Lady, was justifiably concerned that nobody would believe him. And she said, listen and understand, my dearest son. When she spoke to Juan, she called him uh, Juanito, little John, or Johnny, Seanine, if he was Irish. You know, so Juanito, she is a lovely, again, affectionate, motherly term for her son. So little and understand, my little Juanito. Let nothing frighten and afflict you. Let nothing trouble your heart. Am I not here who am your mother? Are you not in my shadow? Am I not your health? 
are you not by chance held in my mantle? Console my people, console them. Do you see this, this message of consolation coming through Our Lady's words? As she speaks to her little son, as she speaks to us, she who is our mother, given to us by Jesus on the cross. Listen and understand, my dear son, my dear daughter. Let nothing frighten you. Let nothing afflict you or trouble your heart. Am I not here, who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow? Am I not your health? Are you not by chance held in my mantle? So today let us... With joy, rediscover the consolation that God offers us. Primarily through the sacraments, our sacraments of healing, the Eucharist which nourishes us. But also through his mother, who is sent to be our consolation as well. And hopefully we've all had the experience of, of well, hope not. Hopefully we've had the experience of the consolation of our mom. I was going to say hopefully we've had the experience of falling off our bike. But when we've had some sort of an injury and you have a grazed knee or a grazed finger or whatever happens and your mom comes over and wraps you in her big motherly embrace. This is what Our Lady wishes to do to each one of us in our times of darkness, in our times of affliction, in the times when we're carrying something difficult. She wishes to console us, and she can. And it's at the very heart of our faith, this message of consolation and healing. Healing, yes, of of our bodies, but more importantly, healing of our relationship with God the Father. So today let us open our hearts to all of the healing and consolation available to us through the grace of this Holy Mass and of every sacramental of every way possible that the Lord wishes to console you today. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us uh, for these homilies on the internet, wherever you are watching us. Uh, It's a great honour and privilege that you would join us uh, on such a regular basis to share in our life here in Holy Family Mission. We're now eight years on the go, and we've had the privilege of welcoming over 90 young people to take part in our year-long faith formation programme. And all of that is possible due to your donations, your support, your help and your prayers. So we're greatly, greatly appreciative of all that has been done here, uh, also through your support and your efforts. Uh, This is our fundraising Christmas appeal time of the year as well. So if any of you can or would like to support us, uh, we would be delighted if you could do so. We, maybe I shouldn't be saying all of this, but we uh, uh, charge our young people €4,000 a year to be here. It costs in our around €10,000. We subsidise the price then by running retreats here and by fundraising. That's how, that's how we, we work. So uh, thank you so much for all <coughs> that you can do to further the mission of Holy Family Mission, that we can continue to renew, reinvigorate and revive the faith here in this country and indeed abroad. God bless you.